Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello, and welcome to episode 110. That's right, 110. It's like a headset. <laughs> yep, that's the best I could come up with. So, gonna move straight into patrons. Hasn't, we hasn't the 110 been discontinued? I don't know. I think it's called. I don't remember. It's called something else. Maybe the, the Hellbender. Hellbender. I thought the Hellbender was like more than the one ten. I I don't know. There's also like the Air, A E R. Some I don't know. Yeah, that's like the Cancrete ten, but light. So it's very light, but it's not durable at all, and it's made out of sadness. <laughs> you want to run into uh, patrons because that's what we're doing. So ten dollars a month. We've got Zach, Will, Tweaker, Seeker, Tri Cities, Pet, Cthulhu. Tom, Todd, Ty, Tennessee, Zach, Taperbore Pro. I want to call him Taper Taperbore Bro. I'm going to go with that, even though that's not what he types in. SCG Shuko, Sam Pecklin Racing, Sam Cran. We've got Ryan, Roosters or Cox, Parker, Noah, Nick, my pal Dow, MTB Shenanigans, Leland, Kenny Sucks, Ken, Josh, Josh, Jeff, JC, Jara Dix, Jake, D with no wittiness, J.R.R. Tolkien, Green Giant, Gordon, G-Man, Frank, F that guy, Mark, Ezra, Trilla, G, Evan, Eric, <laughs> draped up and dripped out, uh, Dan, Captain Fickle, Cam Irish, one, Billy Singlespeed, Bill, Bo, Baggins, Alec, AJ, Aaron, we got uh, Esker Cycles at 1169. Uh, with 14 kangaroo ears, we got lead out sports and Josh from the Intesa. With 16.50, we got Dean Fleming, Emu Wars. Uh, at $20 a month, we've got Scott, Poop Wrench, Joe, Brady, Anthony, Affordable Trail Solutions, Harley at 30, Troy at 31, Brad at 32, at Six Pack Outdoors at 50. I'm just wondering who's going to go to 33 now. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go first. Because my week's not very eventful, but it's kind of eventful, but isn't eventful. So, uh, didn't do a lot this week. Haven't ridden the trainer anymore. Just been kind of tired and not super motivated. On Friday, I got out of work a little bit early because I'm an adult and that's what PTO does for you. I went and opened or hunted the opening day of grouse season and all I saw were no grouse and I got a flat tire on my truck. <laughs> So, not a flat flat, but like, hmm, that tire looks kind of low. And I drove a good bit of the gravel road to get down to the highway, and I'm like, it doesn't look lower. And I got home, and I'm like, yeah, that's not the proper air pressure. So, Saturday morning, I woke up, I went to the tire shop, and this tire shop has cats to pet. So, if you like cats, and you're in Salida, and you need tires, you should go to Big O Tire. Pet some cats while they patched my tire, worked on editing the JRA, because Andrea was out of town hunting. Then I came home, did some just matting around. Then Saturday night, went to a wedding rehearsal. Sunday morning, went and set up for the wedding. Then it rained, and then it quit raining. And then some very near and dear and lovely friends got married. And then it didn't rain anymore, and we ate barbecue. And I got to wear a purple suit because I was the wedding official, officiant, whatever. And then on Monday, it was a holiday, so I went grouse hunting in the morning, and I didn't see shit. 
And then I went to the Howard Volunteer Fire Department and had pancake breakfast as a fundraiser. And after that, I went grouse hunting again. And I hiked for forever. And on the drive-in, I saw a bobcat in the wild running. It's pretty cool. Chonky boy. Then much later, I saw some turkeys. And then when I was driving out, I saw a grouse. And my feet hurt. <laughs> I didn't have my shoes on. So I stopped my truck. Wait, wait, wait. Go back and say why your feet hurt. I have a love-hate relationship with shoes. I have some Oboe's hiking boots that are not comfortable at all. There's just something about them. They just, they just don't fit my foot. And I've tried wearing them on and off for the last two or three years, and I just, they, they're just not comfortable. There's nothing I can do about it. Are they're they, just not the right boot for me. Are they really pretty? So you try to wear them, but but they don't fit you good. No, it's because I spent over a hundred dollars on them, and I'm just trying to. That's what sucks about a hiking boot like this. Uh, is you don't so they're know if it's, so they're man pretty. So they were just expensive. What? So you're justifying that you should use them. No, I'm fucking cheap, Kenny. <laughs> and, you know, I have no problems. If tomorrow I had to buy a Recon 2.4 at retail, I would only complain for like three minutes. But I would buy a Recon 2.4 at like $89 retail. I do not care. Because it's your favorite tire and you know you like it. And I know I like it. I know it's going to work. I know it's awesome. It's really hard for me to go out and spend big money on boots when I just don't know if they're going to work. I think I just answered my own question, though, because I was going to say, I have some warmer boots that are pretty comfortable, and I think I should just buy the non-insulated version of those boots. But see, the problem is, is they don't have the toe cap. So anyways, <laughs> I, I don't like my hiking boots, and I've been running into an issue where my very padded, um, what do you call those things, like running shoes, I get too much ankle roll and all the stuff that we hike around in here. And for some reason, like a total dumbass, I went out and hiked in Merrill Trail Gloves. And not just Merrill Trail Gloves. Kenny, I got these Trail Gloves when we worked it outdoors. These things are over a decade old. Nice. And they have no they have no traction. The rubber's all dried out. So not only are the knobs worn down some, but the rubber's all dried out. And They've got no padding. There's zero padding. And I hiked around in them for hours. And my feet are crippled. So I took my shoes off on the drive home because it's a long-ass drive out of this bumpy-ass road. And then... A grouse flew out of the road and landed in a tree. So I stop in the middle of the road. I rip my gun out of the case, load it, jump out of the truck, leave the door open, and run down the road barefoot. Run down a gravel road barefoot because, you know, that's what you do when you're a fucking hillbilly. <laughs> and the dove, or the, not dove, the, uh, the, the grouse, grouse ran or like Fluttered. bumped to another tree and I was like you didn't fly far enough you dumb fuck and I ran off the edge of the road and sat down and like an idiot the moment I saw it through my scope I went and shot and I missed it and it flew off and just so you all know everything that Matt did was legal at least in the state of Colorado he had his gun unloaded in a case yep. in his truck he was not on a county road so if you're on a county maintained road or state highway or anything like that, you have to be 50 feet from the center line of the road, I believe it is. I think it's 50 feet or 50 yards. I don't know. I, I don't shoot that close to county roadside. No. I don't, like, it's I don't have that It doesn't memory. matter because it's, it's one of those common sense things that you wouldn't do. You know, I know the torque spec for a, a SRAM brake olive because I do that all the time. 
Right. I don't plan on hunting off of a county road, so I I don't have that rule memorized. They don't want you right. like if waiting it's... in traffic and then like shooting a bird from inside your truck. Yeah, that's yeah. that's big illegal. Yeah. yeah, don't do that. So, but if you're on a like a forest road, like public land forest road, as long as you're not shooting from the road or across the road, you're golden. So, so can you? You've been discussing grouses. Can you describe? A grouse is that like is that like a horse? Yes, what it is, is it? a. Did you say horse? A horse is it like a horse or like a? No, it is like uh. So a domestic chicken. We harvested our chickens at like what five to six pounds. Uh, they dressed out to well. No, live oh, weight. When they weighed. Yeah, yeah, they all weighed right around six pounds, I think. Yeah, so a grouse, a uh, dusky grouse, or a blue grouse. Yep. Those two species were very recently divided, and they share the same habitat. Uh, they are different than prairie chickens, which are different from sage grouse. Yeah, there's lots of different types of grouse. The ones that we talk about hunting here in the mountains are dusky grouse. And they grow to be about two and a half pounds. So they're like a Cornish hen. Serve it. Personal pan chicken. Yep. Uh, well, cool. And, with all my yeah. experience with Cornish hens, then that makes... <laughs> That makes a ton of sense. You don't, you don't know what a Cornish hen is? It's like the little I mean, I've heard serving of, I've, sized chickens. I've heard of It's like a personal it. pan chicken. Personal it's pan a chicken, chicken that okay. you eat the whole fucking thing like a man. You're like, I ate a whole thing for dinner. It's sick. A whole bird. I ate the whole ass bird. Cool. So it's a, mi- so, it's a mini chicken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like a miniature mountain chicken, can a wild they, chicken. Can they fly good They're and do dumb. other stuff good too or no? Yeah, they, I mean, chickens can fly pretty well. They mostly run around on the ground, and if you scare them, they will flutter to a nearby tree, and their main mode of escape is to fly downhill. So they don't have to fly very far distance-wise to the next tree, but they get away from you because they tend to just go to like the top of a tree that is, you know, if you... Yeah, so let's talk about it like this. Just to be a little geometry here. Yeah, so you're at just to use easy numbers, you're at eighty one hundred feet. And this grouse flies up to twenty foot in the tree. So it's now at eighty one twenty. And you shoot it and miss. And it flies off down like I was in a little drainage, and it flew off down the drainage at twenty feet above the ground at first, but then it flew flat like a hundred yards down the drainage and landed on a seventy foot tall tree, but it like 7,900 feet of elevation. Yeah. So it technically flew down, but it ended up in a taller tree because the ground went away from beneath it as it went. So they're um, not like super duper good at flying. You're not going to see them in like a... Uh, they're not going to be soaring majestic. You're not going like to see them in like a flying no. V with a bunch of their buddies like migrating south. No. No. no you're going like to like bump one like off the road. And then it's going to fly up in a tree and look at you like, what are you doing? Yeah, they're, they're pretty dumb. I mean, the whole thing about flying downhill is a good instinct that's good for like getting, like I, I bow hunt for them because the season is open during, it opens during elk season or the day before elk season. And at some point in September, they'll start to molt and they don't fly much at all. You shoot birds and with can, arrows? Yeah. That's crazy. Well, these, that's well, like hunting squirrels with rocks. <laughs> I actually did, so I'll I'll tell my grouse story when I uh when I That was it. I'm done now. Oh okay. that was everything that I've done. 
I grouse hunted a lot unsuccessfully, and I married some beautiful and wonderful individuals. Is a Cornish yep. is a Cornish hen bigger or smaller than a grouse? They're about the same size, and a Cornish hen is just a chicken that they just, yeah, it's just slaughter a, it. It's just a young chick. Yeah, they slaughter it like three or four weeks of age instead of six weeks. Oh, so it's not like another species. No, no. it's just like a chicken that did. It's 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 the equivalent of veal. Got it. Yeah, pretty much. It's just yeah. young and tender. Yeah, and succulent. We had one of those, but we'll keep moving. Um, so my week has been all hunting. And attending the wedding that Matt was the officiant for. Friday, September 1st, I went and set up camp at a trailhead. I decided I wanted to go grouse hunt. Um, Elk season opened on September 2nd. So I was going to elk hunt in the morning. And I learned the hard way. Um, So rolling back a little bit. So sometime during September, grouse will molt. And at that point, they mostly run on the ground. They might flutter a little bit. And they're pretty fast when they run, but they're really fucking dumb. Like, their instinct to fly downhill like that, that's good. But it's definitely, like, it's an instinct. It's not something that they think about. That's just what they do. They're not calculated. They're just like, bad thing, downhill, go. Yeah, yeah. So they're not very smart. And when they start to molt, they just run around. But they tend to stop and just stare at you. So when you scare them and they can't fly very well, they just kind of flutter away from you a little and then they'll stop and stare at you. Like that, they literally just stare at you. And that's what they do in a tree too. A lot of times they just flutter up into a tree and they just look at you like, is, are they going away yet? What are they doing? What's that thing they're pointing at me? And then you shoot them. So yeah, in, in September, you can shoot them on the ground, but... Um, September 1st, they can still fly up into a tree, and I learned the hard way that you cannot shoot a downhill pointing grouse with an arrow, because even if you hit them, they will still flutter out of that tree and go 100 yards down the hill where you can no longer find them. How much experience did it take for you to learn that lesson? It took me losing two arrows and two grouse. How much are your arrows, roughly? I I don't remember. You don't, I, you don't want to remember. Well, I bought the arrows on like super closeout, so they're not as expensive as they would be if they were new. Uh, but the inserts, like the the build parts in the front end of the arrow, are actually kind of expensive. So do they make uh, like Hong Dong arrows, like Fukers? Uh, yeah, they do actually. You can get really cheap shit, and a lot of people do use like a cheap ass crappy arrow for their grouse arrows because of that thing that I described, how it's easy to lose them, but I would rather just not shoot an animal and lose it, even with a cheap arrow. I'm more concerned about losing the fact that I like shot, put a hole through an animal, basically, and uh, it flew off. I mean, it definitely died. It just died where I couldn't find it. You know, some predator came along and ate it. That bobcat I mentioned? Yeah, like a bobcat or a like coyote. Did, it, a did it fly away with like a six-foot arrow through it? Um, there It's not six feet, but yeah, it flew away with an arrow stuck through it and, you know, went way down the hill. And I did my best. I hiked up and down this fucking like stupidly steep-ass hill and beat around in the bushes for damn near an hour trying to find it. So that was disappointing. The best part is, is... That 
grouse is now telling its grouse buddies, it's like, we finally have an arrow. We can build that bow, <laughs> and we can shoot the shit out of that thing that comes next. They've just been playing dumb for thousands and thousands of years, <laughs> and now the grouse uprising is coming because Andrea finally gave them, and it's probably like their hundred, I'm sure they collect arrows they find out there that have been lost by hunters, you know. Sure. Yeah, they're, those, they're, they found one of uh, Jason McVeigh's large caches of guns and ammo in the utah desert and brought them here like bad things are no coming. one knows that right i think you're gonna find that arrow on your front porch or something and you're gonna be like oh, oh my god oh shit <laughs> with a, a little heart made out of tail feathers glued to it <laughs> uh, but anyway on the way after i lost two arrows and grouse i said well i'm not going to shoot a, a grouse out of a tree again but i did find one that was on the ground and running around and didn't fly off and I did shoot that one, and I got it. And it was a great shot. You, you, it's pretty close range. You use like a, a blunt tipped arrow that has these little, kind of wire forky things coming off of it, so that if you hit the ground, it will actually flip the arrow up, and you can see where it is, and it won't bury itself. You know, fletching deep into the ground because a normal arrow if you shoot it straight into the ground it'll it, you can't find it it's just gone yeah, yeah. and it'll so it kind of looks more like a gig and the little fingery part sticking out like andrew was saying it'll either flip up or if you took like a pretty flat shot where it might deflect off something and just like ricochet off into the fucking ether it'll just the whole flight path goes to hell yeah and, yeah but the the blunt tip stuff like that it doesn't fly extremely accurately at distances over 20 25 yards so anytime you shoot at a bird like you got to be pretty close to it but yeah so like this about 20 yard shot i just threaded the needle through some tree branches and it was just perfect like i couldn't even see the whole bird but i had just one perfectly clear open window that i could see this the broadside of the grouse and i i just shot straight at it and got it and it was Perfect. So we've got a grouse in the fridge. I'm going to vacuum seal that bitch and hopefully get a few more while I'm out in the next few days. Other than that, I've done uh, two full days of elk hunting. I've gone to some places where uh, I went to one place where I saw elk when I was scouting. Didn't see them there. Went to another place where I'd seen very fresh elk sign. And went to a third place that I'd seen some kind of like rut activity signs from the year past. And haven't found the elk yet. But that's okay. It's very early in the season. Got all month. And I'm going to go to some more spots tomorrow. I'm going to go and set up a camp in the woods. Uh, mostly because, well, for one, it's a little bit of a long hike to get to where I want to go. And I want to be there really early because that's when, um, especially this, this Matt's taking his pants off, uh, especially this early in the year, like in the, the season, um, the elk are relatively quiet and they're most likely to make noise first thing in the morning and last thing in the evening and even overnight. So if you can be in the woods from that, like dusk until dawn, I know a scary vampire movie, from that dusk till dawn time, a lot of times you can hear them where you wouldn't hear them if you were, you know, at the trailhead sleeping in your truck. So 
that's my plan for the next few days. I'm not sure if I'll be here next week or not, but we'll see. So just a quick fact check. Cane Creek does still make the 110 headset, and then they make multiple multiple versions of the Hellbender 70. They do a Hellbender 70, a Hellbender 70 Lite, and a Hellbender 70 Viscous or Visco, and a Hellbender 70 Slam. I think we talked about that Visco We did. Thing. That sounds kind of cool. I'd try it if they wanted to send us one. I don't I don't <laughs> care. I guess I can pay my wolf tooth tax. I run a wolf tooth headset in my bike and it works great. You're going to have to put that noise in there. All right. Uh, Kenny, what you been up to? Uh, let's see. Nothing super neato. Did a dual sport ride uh, Saturday. It's been kind of rainy here, but in between rain, uh, me and my roommate Andy went out and, yeah, rode dual sports. So he's got a KLX 300. Uh, I've Wait, got, uh, what's up? Is that your only roommate? Uh, I had two roommates, now one roommate. Oh, okay. Yep. So... Went on a dual sport ride. Yeah, a lot of fun. Got an XR400 that I've had since 2018, maybe. And yeah, it was fun. Just went and rode a bunch of forest roads. Uh, Weather was super good. You know, got on some single track that was a little too rowdy for our bikes. And what else happened? Weather was like really sketchy out there. But it never actually rained on us, which is really cool. But it was a lot of fun. I think we did maybe 80 miles, something like that. So I was pretty tired. It kind of, time went by pretty fast. I think we probably rode for three or four hours, something like that. That's pretty much it. Sick. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to go into questions or new shit we love or hate. Uh, let's do some new shit first. GRX 12 speed. It's got cables. Um, according to Shimano, they say about 75% of the market is using mechanical and wants mechanical. Mm, but GRX I mean, DI2 will come. Sure. I mean, if the market is, you know, Walmart bikes and stuff. <laughs> well, and also considering Shimano has a gigantic OE presence that I mean as long as they're going to sell those mechanical groups for pennies on the dollar to manufacturers then manufacturers are going to release bikes in mechanical and once the market really really demands electronic then they just won't do that anymore I mean they just released 105 12 speed cable I mean I think there's a price point price there for it and when your goal is to go out and LARP as adventurer bike packers, but really just thrash your bike in the mud, I guess mechanical makes sense. I don't know. I thought I thought that as far as my experience with drivetrains in the mud, um, that axis group that I had on my bike set up for Tour Divide, like I purposely went and just swamped it in mud a couple of times, and it did better than mechanical any No, day. this... this- Cable actuated system with segmented housing <laughs> with a cable opening pointing 
forwards into the debris fr- like spray from your <laughs> crank set, the mud dripping off your chain and your front wheel, this is going to shift better than electronic. Don't be dumb. <laughs> okay. I uh, hope I got my point across. I'm being a dickhead. Sure. They have Sorry, I I just brought this up and I I wanted to I wanted to go over other new shit first because I hadn't read through all of this and now I'm having to read through it on the fly. Uh, it looks like it will mi- mix and match with mountain bike cassettes. So you can put a 1051 up on your uh on your gravel bike and have mechanical mountain gearing. Oh, okay. I'm just... you, you can go to 52 on rival explore or axis with the mullet. Yeah. I don't have anything good to say about it. Yeah, I'm I mean, not, there are going to be just, a lot of people that are uh, happy about it. Yeah, I think it's reasonable. It's reasonable. I think there are going to be some... This is the big thing, I think. If you can have mechanical GRX, which they say is like Ultegra level components um, that shifts a 1051 cassette, I'd say that I might want that more than that that SRAM, what wasn't it NX level mechanical, or no, it was ri- uh, no, it was rival level. They now have Apex axis. Right, Apex. I. It's not axis. It's the Apex mechanical drop bar. Oh, sure, but speed. those are way different price points. Yeah, that's true. But now you can have a nicer. Like, I wouldn't put Apex on a bike that I'm actually going to put a fuck ton of miles on. But I would put Altegra on a bike that I would put a fuck ton of miles on. But if you've got Altegra money, you've got rival money. I know. Okay. But that's all. That's pretty much it. It's just new mechanical 12-speed from Shimano. Yeah, is there anything else else has come out? I don't know. I don't think so. Andrew's got some things queued up. Let's talk about this uh, Hope chain rings. Yeah, they make a chain ring now that is T-type compatible. Well, there you go. They're making it for crank sets that are 104 BCD 4 bolt and then... Some Hope, some Bosch, some Shimano EBA. Yeah, basically Hope and some e-bike motors. And it comes in purple. Yep, it does come in purple in sizes 28 tooth to 36 tooth. And prices are reasonable. Uh, looks like for the non-e-bike versions, $57. For the e-bike versions, $89. All right. We want to make fun of titanium cranks? Oh, these are for Kenny. Kenny, did you see five dev titanium cranks? Yeah, these the look ones cool. That are- I'd probably run these. For yeah, real. and they Those are, freaking, are available freaking in one fifty-seven point five millimeter length. Jeez, for the people so that go are really shorter. scared of one fifty-fives, you do the one fifty-seven five. <laughs> you gonna get a set? It doesn't even work out to a flat inch size. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one seventy-two point five. Oh my! At least one seventy-two point five lives between one seventy and one seventy-five. Have they always done and they titanium even show cranks this? or no? No, they've been alloy. Kenny, they show this on what looks to be a Kinevo. That is a it. Levo. Well, the, the oh, sorry, okay. the the first picture is just a full fat normal Levo, uh, third gen. Okay. 
And I don't I don't know my bikes that well. That's uh, okay. And then the one below it appears to have I assume that's a Yeti. Yeah, that's a Yeti. But they're not they're not just e-bike cranks, correct? I'm confused. I don't know. The the headline is now available in 157.5 for e-bikes. Okay. So and it I, says for mountain bikes and e-mountain bikes, it's more lengths to choose from. The e-bike contingent is now 155 or whatever that is. Not one. Yeah. The in-betweener for both EP8 and Specialized. They only retail for $1,400. You need this, Kenny. It's not bad. Uh, which ones? Why are some of these one? It will soon include a 155 but some of them are $1,500. Hmm. It's probably more if it includes a spindle. The e-bike bike, does, the e-bike crank doesn't need a spindle. Yeah, okay. So maybe, ah, that's, the, maybe that's the difference. I mean, 100 bucks for a spindle makes sense. Yeah, I'd be, I'm probably more scared about smashing that on a rock than a carbon crank, to be honest. The titanium cranks are sold with a lifetime warranty. Cool. Cool. But, but do you need yeah. to use it? Uh. all right in other expensive ass titanium crank news srm has made a power meter that fits the cane creek e-wings crank i didn't know srm was still in business to be honest that's that's actually something that someone said in the comment section like srm is still a thing which actually they they make a a really good power meter. i know they made a good they were the first to make like an accurate power meter, correct? Like that yeah, was kind yeah. of usable. Right. And then Cork came along and made an equally accurate power meter that just cost less and I don't know. The rest is history. Yeah. I mean, not that an SRM is bad. Yeah, it's the SRM still lives in 2013. And it looks you like you can't change batteries in it yet. <laughs> really? I'm pretty sure you can't. That might be a charging port, but I know that even even just a few year old SRMs still have to be sent in for battery replacements. It's ridiculous. It's pretty crazy. There's this uh, one piece cast aluminum bike that looks like a golf ball. That's what I was. I had that pulled up to talk about. I haven't read the article yet, but just looking at it, it I could be absolutely backwards here, but it looks really fucking heavy. It looks it, not just that. It looks like it would ride poorly. The brand name is Heavy Bike. <laughs> okay, so I'm guessing it's heavy, but it it just it looks like it would ride like a Walmart bike. No one cares. No one that this isn't. This was just a bike that was made. It's not being produced yet. It's not for sale. But no one that buys this is going to actually care how it rides. That's this true. is going to be NV Effect 9.0. Definitely. Yeah, it's weird. It's also it's weird. If you build a bike with dimples in it and you don't put zips with dimples on them, what are you even doing with your life? <laughs> it looks like it has a fender kind of molded into it. It's called the 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 brand is heavy and the model is called the Hypocrite. <laughs> yep. What in the world? Yeah, uh, it weighs I'm... it weighs six pounds. The frame does? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's that's as much as my stump jumper. <laughs> yeah. I'm fairly certain you could just like roll into Home Depot to like their 
square steel gas pipe metal section. section or the gas pipe section yeah and then just weld together a bike with that that would weigh the same and also realize when i say it weighs what my stump jumper weighs my stump jumper has boing boing doing up down bits and a fucking springer thinger in it like jesus all right we got to move on i'm too angry <laughs> we're blowing through this show with with uh with anger and hotness because i'm you about to take your shirt off? No. It's your favorite shirt, though. So you don't want to take it off. Will you just keep reading? All right. So I'm going to our Patreon. We haven't had any web form contact questions. So I'm going to our Patreon Slack. If you want to chat with other patrons in our Slack channel, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 per month. And I will send you a message sometime in the week or so after you join and give you the invite link to that. And if you're already a patron and you missed that or you've changed your mind and you want to join us, send an email. We'll get you in there. Yeah, send an email or send a message through Patreon. Um, Sometimes it takes me... For as little as $3 a month, you can buy (laughs) podcasters most of a box of macaroni and cheese each. (laughs) Oh, you know what? While you find questions... That you want to cover? Well, I need. I've got one. Point. I need to discuss something I forgot about in my week. Okay, Kenny, I made almost meat rice. <laughs> Why would you make almost meat rice? Well, I didn't have any. I didn't want to run the oven to make tater tots. Got it. You could have cooked. You could have cooked hash browns in the skillet. I could have, but uh, so rice, macaroni, and cheese. And I didn't, when I say almost meat rice, I cooked some chicken and I cooked it with a lot of spices and some, uh, like, uh, what's the name of that? Like some chipotle paste along with some chipotle cholula. If you cook chipotle cholula and that some of that paste and you let the water cook out of that stuff, it gets pretty spicy. Um, so I, I think I'm on par with the Allegro and, uh, it was fine. It was totally fine. I put down a gigantic bowl of it, and uh, yeah, I could have ran 10 miles the next day. It's, it's no problem. It's good. Good. So it made you strong? I mean, yeah. Like, But like I've said before, it's not that far off from what we normally eat. Well, yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to make you guys official meat rice at some point. All right. Uh, question time. I'm going to read one from Instagram. Simon, you lucked out that I'm actually reading this because, as you, as a lot of you have found out, if you send an Instagram message, a lot of times it just gets lost because Instagram just, you know, as I get more messages, and if people respond to a story, a JRA story, it moves your message down however many responses I get. So, I just, I miss them. Instagram is the worst place to send us listener questions, but Simon, you got lucky. So, question, where do we stand with the Clit Slapper 2.0 patent? Please tell me you remember the episode, that one, and Matt saying Extreme Dave as the one listener named himself on another episode are two of the funniest fucking things I've ever heard on the show. I'm asking because A, it was funny as fuck, and three, because I think Wolftooth beat you to it. About ten rides or so in on one, and wow, love it. I mean, a dropper really doesn't have to do much to wow me. Just drop and return. Thank you. 
but I truly enjoy enough force on return to put hemorrhoids back in their home permanently. Kudos, Wolftooth. Signed, Big Barry. Well, Big Barry, you could just take some wind out of there and not knock your sack up. Like, you know, you know, of testicular torsion, that's a pretty common thing. It's when your testicles get rotated inside of your scrotum and it's immensely painful pretty much immediately and requires pretty quick surgery to not lose a testicle as uh, all circulation will be cut off. Um, testicular strangulation is when your dropper post hits you in the nutsack and your balls go up and pass around each side of your neck. And then wrap up around the bottom of your chin and strangle you. So, Are we saying that the wolf tooth dropper post has enough return force to do that? It really is. Like when you fill that fucker up with air, it's like the first specialized command post. Except it actually feels good on the way down. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have the same clunk. And <laughs> on the way up, I mean, yeah, that thing's serious. I, one thing, uh, you know what? This is a freebie. Um, wolf tooth should offer the option of adding a, like a damper a really if you just had a really heavy o-ring it would technically probably shorten your travel something ridiculous like two millimeters because you need an o-ring that thick but if there was somewhere in there you could slap an o-ring to act as a top out bumper it would be a lot less violent because it just sounds loud it's just it's a very it's it's almost overly positive on return but we dialed andrea's pressure down i took like 25 psi out of it and it was way better. It, it's not. It's no longer the clit slapper 2.0. No, it's not. <laughs> and I don't remember any of this, but I'm just going to imagine that I said something like extreme day. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't remember that either. But it does sound like when when I read that, I was reading it in Matt's voice saying it like he just said it. Kenny, do you remember what extreme Dave was about? I don't remember the extreme Dave portion, unfortunately. Okay. So a real thing that I think people don't understand or maybe can't comprehend is I want you to recall an hour-long conversation you had with your buddy at the bar last week. Every nuance bit about it. Go. Yeah, yeah. That's Once a week, the three of us <laughs> get together and shoot the shit for yeah. an hour. And we've had four, and we've had 400 of these. Exactly. Probably more than that. Jesus. I don't know. I mean, we had some times when we only put out like an episode every other month or something. Yeah, but since October of 2012 or It's probably in the 400 ballpark. I can actually go back and look at all the episodes on... Uh... I'm going to have to count these now. God damn y'all. Yeah, I've got access to all of the old episodes, so... I can I can actually give you a number for that, just not right now off the top of my head. Not anywhere in the year twenty twenty three will you hear that number from Andrew. Do we have the <laughs> do we have the blog talk radio? No, those weren't saved. Okay. I think I have some of those. I should probably pull up one of those and we should see play what episode about. one. We we need to replay episode one at some point. It'd well that will be like episode be pretty embarrassing. We could do that as episode 200 or some shit. Or maybe they were like way good and we'd be embarrassed about what we've turned into. I don't know. I mean, we used to talk about bikes a lot more. Yeah, we talked about bikes and racing and stuff. And droppers were stupid. Droppers were dumb. Well, back then, droppers were stupid. They were pretty poorly executed, and we also rode on the flat. Yeah. I mean, I I think if I went to Memphis now, I might use my dropper post on a ride like once just out of habit but if 
my lever broke off, I wouldn't really miss it. Yeah, and it, what I mean, what was available back in 2012? A gravity dropper. There was the and gravity maybe... dropper and a reverb. Right. No, and you could get that Highline or that Crank Brothers Cobalt Seven post or whatever it was called that had the little crack spoon lever under the saddle nose where you had to like fondle yeah, your gooch to drop that. your post. Yeah, I can see the potato rotating in Andrea's <laughs> brain. No, I remember. I remember a KS post with that, but. What was, didn't the Specialized Command post, that was a pretty early one, wasn't it? Because uh, I put one of those on my Yeah, I don't know. Not, definitely not that early, though. Not 2012, I don't think. By the way, I've got 14. a few episodes from 2012. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put one of those out at some point. All right, let's knock out these two questions. All right, from Nick I. He says, my salsa Fargo is in MTV mode right now. With some stock, 29 by 2.2 Sparwoods. And a, a Fargo is basically a drop bar mountain bike made by Salsa. Uh, in, I think they made steel and titanium. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so in MTV mode with Sparwoods, a 32 tooth chainring and a 1050 cassette running GX axis. Wanting to keep it gravel capable, but optimize it a little bit more for not being so slow on roads. I often find myself geared out and the bike feels pretty sluggish on some of the longer road rides. 25% light mountain bike on easy trails. 50% on mixed route, half road, half gravel. That you could take a 40mm tire on no problem. 25% on dedicated gravel. I'm thinking that I should... Get some narrower tires, maybe in the 50 millimeter range. Get a larger chain ring, 34 tooth, maybe larger, to accommodate for me currently getting geared out and also that the outer diameter of the tire will go down with a smaller tire. Any advice on what tires slash size chain ring to go with? I'm currently looking at the Centuro. No. (laughs) Centurado. Gravel M and Tanwall Gravel King SK, but I'm open to others as well. I don't know the tire scene all that well. I'm 6'3 and about 200 geared up, if that matters. Primary riding is in the front range of Colorado. I would, I don't know what the bottom bracket, that's always the first thing when people want to put a smaller tire on a bike that's made for bigger tires, is looking at how close your cranks are going to be to the ground. Luckily, they make some 155 titanium cranks. (laughs) Do whatever you want. I'm really just a fan of a... What does 55 shake out to in inches? Like if you're comparing a gravel tire to a... It would be in the 2.1. Yeah, we'll call it a 2.1. Like a 50C. Well, 50 would be just at 2. Yeah. So I don't know. A 50 might work well. Yeah, like I'd say any two-inch mountain bike tire. Um, the Panaracer is a really good tire for. Go back to this question. Yeah, that that uh Panaracer Gravel King is a really good tire for the kind of stuff that you're talking about. Bottom bracket drop is seventy, and to put that in perspective, the bottom bracket drop on my Diverge that I rode with thirty eights was eighty-five. So I don't think two O's will be a problem. Um, let me go back and look at... But while Andrew is doing that, to put it in perspective, bottom bracket drop on my 
Esker Hey Duke was 50 with two fours. And now on my Jaffe, it's 65 with a two six in the rear. So, yeah, there you go. Geo, look at us multitasking. You know, I think that that Gravel King might be your jam. I think it's going to roll the fastest out of, you know, compared to the tire you have now, compared to the other one that you sent me that I can't pronounce. I think that one's going to roll the, the fastest. Cthulhu. The what? The Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can only learn one Centurato. word a week. Maybe is how you say it. I don't. Centurato. Is there a reason that anybody wouldn't ever just run a Pathfinder? I just can't think of a single time in Does life. Does it get big enough? That you wouldn't run a Pathfinder. The Pathfinder Pro? Yeah. They make it in like how a big 40, 47 maybe? That's a great question. I, don't I know. found it right now. Yeah, it comes up to a 47. Yeah, I mean, that one would roll super fast also. There's just no other tire on the planet. Like, they're cheap. They roll super good. It's basically a road tire, but then it's got knobs when you lean it over. Yeah, so when you lean it over a little bit in the dirt, it's not going to just fly out from under you. And also, it'll sink down. Like, if you're in something other than pavement, it will still get more grip than a slick tire. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say either those Pathfinders if you want to go even smaller or do you know, Kenny, if those measure true to size once they're on a, a room? I have no idea. I'll try to find okay. out. You know, that might be the, if that's one of those tires that when you put it on, it's actually going to measure, you know, 42 or 45 and not 47. Um, it might end up being a little small for what you're doing. Well, the other thing he's running into is the smaller the tire, the more he's gearing the bike down. So that 50 pan eraser. Or the 29 by 2.1 pan eraser, I was going to say, even though it's barely smaller than the tire you have now, I think it's going to roll faster. So I'd say either one of those things, you know, flip a, flip a coin between those two things. Uh, personally, I would probably go with that Gravel King 29 by 2.1. Also, it's probably going to be the cheapest. Well, how much is that? Pathfinder. They used to make a fast track two one, right? Yeah, and that is an excellent gravel tire for slightly rougher things. Way back in the day, they uh, made a one point eight Renegade. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> they used to make one nine five fast tracks too. Jeez. In in S works, I'm pretty sure I've seen that in twenty nine. That's like a five hundred gram tire or something. If that, yeah, yeah. It also. I once saw a mosquito land on it and it flat. So, <laughs> yeah, that Pathfinder is. Make sure it's yeah. The Pathfinder is fifty five dollars. That Gravel King is in the twenty nine by two point one. It is sixty three dollars. Uh, yeah, or in the seven hundred by fifty. So I'd personally I'd stick with a a mountain bike ish tire in two or two point one, uh, but. You know, if you do want to go with the faster, smaller tire, I'd say the Pathfinder or that Gravel King 700 by 50. And as far as gearing, sure, put a 34 on there. Shit, put a 36 on there. See how you like it. It might not clear the chainstay. That was talked about later in the discussion. Oh, okay. One by crank set, 36 tooth max boost. 34 tooth max non boost or 46 tooth gates belt drive. 
two by 42, 28 max boost and non boost. All so right. There you have it. There you go. We're going to answer Clayton the asshole's question. Yeah. And uh, for the record, that's his name on Slack now. He renamed himself the asshole. Yeah. He says, if y'all were building a steel bikepacking hardtail, would you fuck with a dropper post? 100%. Eh, I don't know. So I ride, you know, riding a smaller frame, uh, a dropper post of any appreciable length will put my seat bag on my rear tire pretty quickly. You know, they do make seat bags that are designed to not buzz rear tires on smaller bikes. So I do have one of those. I'm sure it would work. Um, if I put a normal dropper post on my steel bikepacking hardtail that I don't have, I would probably have to limit the travel somehow uh, on it or just not use it, you know, just be conscious about where it is in the travel when I do use it. Or I would just get one of those really short dropper posts. Um, but I probably just wouldn't have a dropper post. I've done plenty of bike packing without using a dropper. It turned out fine. The bike's already going to handle like shit. So I don't know. I don't find myself going that fast. And I I don't just don't feel like I need a dropper post that much. Kenny, on your steel bike packing hardtail, what would you do? Uh, I'd put a motor on it first. <laughs> and then I'd put a dropper post on it. But yeah, I could I could see not needing one. I think dropper posts obviously just there for comfort and even just silly things, the ease of getting on and off a bike. Like honestly, droppers are really cool for that. That sounds really cheesy, but it's super convenient, especially if you got bags and shit all over your bike. It might be like tough to get on the bike. Uh Yeah, it can be. But yeah, is it necessary? I would say from like a safety standpoint and the speeds at which you'd be going, probably not a big deal. Yeah, I'd say it kind of depends on your terrain too. You know, if you're using it for gravelly and light single track, I'd say no. If you're going to go out and try to do some gnarly shit, then maybe fuck with it and see if it works for you. I don't know. Also, Clayton's a pretty large human, so he's going to have a lot of frame space. Yeah, so yeah, that's true. Andrea has no space in the frame. Because she got them little last legs. <laughs> they're not that small. They're not that big. I'm 5'6". I mean, they're not long. All right. Well, that is pretty much everything we got, unless we want to scroll back into like July and answer a question. I kind of like this question from Josephine Exotic. Congratulations on getting married, Josephine. Uh, she says, can you put a relative enjoyment value on an item's price? For example, does a 1,400-gram wheel set that costs $2,500 provide a proportional enjoyment increase over a 1,700-wheel set that costs $1,500 or $800? I think the better way to look at it is if whatever you bought makes you want to ride your bike more, then it's worth it. Yeah. Well, and also, I think you uh, a different lens to look through this through is, what are you doing? Are you driving a 92 Civic with a donut and no spare tire in the trunk? You probably shouldn't buy any bike wheels. You should get wheels for your car, <laughs> you know, and new tires for your car. Are you, do you own multiple vehicles that are 2019 and newer and they're all paid off and a... 
$2,500 purchase is inconsequential to your monthly fund budget, then who cares? Buy them. Um, I, I think a different way to frame this is I think you can have a lot of fun on an $800 wheel set. I don't think anyone that can buy a $2,500 wheel set comfortably will regret owning it. Yeah, I mean, unless you're unless it just severely puts you in debt and causes you financial stress that's going to keep you awake at night. That aside, I don't think anyone ever buys a really nice bike part and wishes they had the shitty part still on their bike. You know, I think that it just makes you enjoy your bike more. So... I think you can put maybe not a an objective enjoyment value number, but I think that you can say that subjectively then yeah, you can you can say that the enjoyment increases uh when you put nicer parts on your bike. All right. Is that it? Are we done? Not quite as short as last week, but still kind of short. That's fine. If you have listener questions, don't send too many because Andrea probably won't be here next week. And then Andrea or Kenny and I would just be mowing through questions, just Rambo style. Just that's all right. Send all the questions. We'll have a, we might not get to them for a month, but you give us our content, and we're here for you all. So send us your questions or things that you would like us to discuss. Go to jrashow.com. Go to the web contact form and. Fire those off to us. If that's all we got, Kenny, Matt? Um, (laughs) Nope, that's it. Shut her down. All right. Thank you all for listening, and good night. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show. There's some shit coming out of your great pads. (laughs)